welcome to another episode of Whiskey Weekends. This is an episode we are recording on March 22nd. Um, pretty weird times. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Normally we're, you know, just kind of joking around. We do on brand, we do stories. Uh, with everything going on with the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus, I think we're going to probably touch on that a lot today. And I think the first order of business would be to get an update from our good buddy, uh, Spencer, that we've all been thinking about and and thinking about and caring about and hoping he's okay. So Spencer, give us an update. Uh, well, I'm in kind of the same state I've been in uh, where a lot wrapped up in this is just driven by uncertainty and trying to be hyper-cautious of where early, well, late last week, early this week, Bridget and I started to have some symptoms of a cold or mild flu of where lethargy, fevers, coughs, a lot of which we would have just brushed over otherwise, but because of this, well, it checks a, checks a few checkboxes. So I was favoring us just staying home until symptoms stopped and then waiting thereafter because that's probably what we we're planning to do anyway. But due to certain unfortunate instructions from work and inaccurate instructions occurring from the government, uh, we brought Bridget in to be tested for COVID on Tuesday. And we're still waiting for the results on that. And until then, we are just hunkering down. But honestly, again, it's mild cold symptoms. I think they've mostly cleared up for both of us. We feel fine. But we're kind of just sheltering in place. A lot of, a lot of other people are and trying to isolate contact just because if it is something else, dear God, do we not want to spread it? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're definitely glad to hear you're okay. We've all been thinking about you. BJ, I think California is under a lockdown, right? Uh, you stay home? Yep. Uh, we got a lockdown like two days ago. Um, and a lot of places are on lockdown now, uh, New York and New Jersey, um, and a couple of other places. And it's actually been interesting because I had a, um, a scheduled family visit because I hadn't seen a bunch of my cousins, uh, Debbie and her mom and, and people like that for, for a little while. Um, and that got canceled. So we've been doing like we, uh, they had been setting up a Zoom meeting uh, so that they could see each other and chat. And um, I dropped in on that and got to see what, what it looks like when somebody has a young child in, in this lockdown. And I am, <laughs> it was kind of entertaining. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting here because like I get to see a lot of, pictures from other people in San Diego and just like how empty everything is and a lot of like the the hikes around here and and well populated streets are just like completely empty um and it I've been joking a lot with your your wife and Spencer about it being uh station 11 which is a uh, <laughs> post apocalyptic after a some sort of uh virus decimated a lot of the population Kind of. So since the uh, the mandatory like uh, stay at home uh, order was issued, have you gone outside? I mean, do you are you still going to grocery stores or how's that working? Um, actually, so I haven't been to grocery stores since I think last weekend, but it's sort of like I don't need to. So I sort of figured like if I don't need to, I'm not going to. Um, I actually went out for a run yesterday because my gym shut down, and so like I'm basically sitting at home doing nothing uh well not doing nothing but like working and and basically just sitting in my living room which has drive been driving me a little bit crazy so i went out for a run for the first time in 
God knows how long. And it's like, <laughs> uh, my lungs don't work. I, I might have coronavirus or wait a minute. No, I just haven't run in the past like year or two. So <laughs> it's probably just that. Okay. And Levi, how are uh, things up in Boston? Oh, things are pretty good. Um, I think I mentioned it before, but uh, I live in a building with a lot of old people. Um, probably the, the, the average, it's probably maybe 60, 70% of people are above the age of 65. Um, so it just means not going out because you don't want to be necessarily the person who causes, causes an outbreak in, in, in what is essentially a nursing home. Um, so uh, we've just been, been been relatively hanging out. Um, I mean, we have been going for walks here or there, um, and it's it's nice out. People aren't out, um, and uh, mostly just it's nice out. People aren't out. It's <laughs> a very Levi thing to say. <laughs> That's his on brand for the. <laughs> there, there was a comma in between that. There's it, it's two clauses. I mean, because it was like seventy um, on on Friday, um, which was, it was really beautiful out. Um, but anyway, no, we're mostly surviving. How about you, Terry? Yeah, we're good. Um, Sarah and I are just kind of hungered down. Um, I, as you guys might expect, I've just been blowing through all kinds of rewatches, Netflix, done Star Wars rewatch, Lord of the Rings. Uh, hasn't stopped me from ordering food. You watched all of Lord of the Rings and Star Wars? Uh, no, I did The Rise of Skywalker, and I've started The Lord of the Rings. I'm on the second movie. Okay, I was about to be just amazed. I was like... Damn, I just, Terry, you don't uh, work at all, do you? Got into <laughs> season three of West Wing on a rewatch. Yeah, there you go. So that's kind of what we've been doing. Um, we go on walks. We take our dog out about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And Levi, like you, I don't live in an apartment complex, but I live in a, a subdivision with a lot of townhomes and a lot of old people around here. So we're also really cognizant of that, trying to infect everybody. Um, I, it feels very weird to me because I'm pretty sure that I've had like my porch door and windows open more during this infection period than like most of the rest of the time that I've lived here. And it feels just <laughs> so weird to, to not have like everything shut as like an extra barrier. Like I understand that like that's completely BS and, and whatever else, but it just seems weird to me given like how people do stuff in the movies and and uh, things like that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, get into our whiskey. So uh, because of the weirdness that's going on, we don't, we're not drinking the same whiskey today. So everybody is kind of drinking from their own personal stash. We found out from Spencer that he has a very large personal stash. So I'd like to talk to him first about what he's going to be drinking. Uh, well, you guys are gonna, gonna, going to kind of have to help me with that because I have mm -hmm. a large personal stash of tiny little, what were intended to be one use bottles that you guys have been sending me pretty much a shelf reserved to them. I'll send you that picture in a second. So I'm going to hold up a bottle. And if anybody remembers sending it, you can tell me what it was. Okay. Uh, I can either do that or I can also just do a random bottle, which I found, which I've got no idea where it came from. Chug it. Chug it. Okay. <laughs> I, found, stuff? I found a bottle of Desmond Duff Deluxe Scotch. Never heard of it. Aged 12 years. I have okay. no I, no clue at all where this came from. Um, it just appeared on my shelf. It's possibly been aged 12 years just on my shelf. But it appeared on your shelf. Immediately. Is there a wine cork in it? Yep. There is, a, there is a wine cork in it, yes. Bridget having male friends over? I don't think so, no. But <laughs> if you guys would like to imagine a scenario how this just um, 
conjured where I, where I put my alcohol, feel free. But I will give it a try. I also wonder if somebody refilled that with something. So I would be... That cork is really in there. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, well, he's pouring. I will explain what I have. So I've got Old Forester, 1870. Very good bottle of bourbon. And I'll tell you a story about Old Forester after we all say what we're uh, we're drinking. Yeah, so I've got um, a little bit of rye whiskey, sort of continuing the trend. Um, nice. I've got, uh, I think it's pronounced Sazerac, mm-hmm. the Buffalo Trace, um, one of its uh, brands or offerings. Um, so I, was gonna say, I think it's actually the other way around, funny enough. What do you mean? Cesarek yeah. is the parent company of Buffalo Trace, but like, like Cesarek a... is in the portfolio of Buffalo. Like it's a super weird, like how the parent company ended it up being named because of like the ownership. Isn't Cesarek like the, the really large one that owns like Bacardi and a bunch of other stuff too? I think so. I mean, it's not Diageo or whatever that UK Chinese. Yeah, that's the one that owns like Johnny Walker and what? Yeah. So Cesarac, um you're right. It, that is the parent company. Um, and it looks like they own a crap ton of stuff. Yeah. It, it's interesting how more and more things have become like large conglomerates. Um, but I think they sort of leave Buffalo Trace alone for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like Constellation sometimes does. And BJ, what are you drinking? So I'm going to start off with with uh, a recent purchase, um, nice. which is uh, one of the Willet uh, rare releases. Um, it's one of the four year, um, and I'm not going to drink too much of this because it is 63%. Um, but it was one of my. Uh, we might be going to lockdown, so I should pick up some some good whiskey purchases. Um, I discovered something about my Desmond Duff, which I don't know if this is the way it's meant to be sent, but there appears to be an extra cork floating inside of it, slowly deteriorating. Oh, that's gross. That means that somebody uh, stored it uh, upright, and mm-hmm. the alcohol ate away at the cork, and it fell in there. And so what... the, the top of the bottle got thrown out, because uh, usually whiskey bottles have a, a hard top and then a piece of cork connected to it. And that's why you don't store whiskey on its side or okay. one of the reasons. I'm actually not going to drink that. I'm going to drink what's the... Spencer, let me just give you a pro tip and, and maybe maybe I'm, I'm really off the wall here. But if I pick up a bottle and it, and it describes itself as being deluxe scotch, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming it's not. So I would run away. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. The fact it's got little deteriorating things floating in it gives me enough cause to not drink that right now. It's just cork. You can just pour it through some uh, cheese cloth and cook with it. Or just toss it, dude. I'm tossing <laughs> that. I'm going to drink what is this delightful bottle, which has this label on it, and we'll see what it is. Which label is that? I don't think we will see what it is. Oh. Yeah. It's initially one of Levi's colored ones, but that's from a while ago, so... It was at the back, so we'll see how it goes. Zero memory. It's definitely one of mine, but zero memory. <laughs> Alright, so my story about Old Forester. So, my uh, at work, my VP is a big uh, whiskey guy. And about a year ago, 
well, maybe about a year and a half ago, he figured out that I do a whiskey podcast with you guys. And so he came in my office, like, and I, I don't talk to this guy that often. And like, if when I get FaceTime with him, it's kind of a big deal. And he came in my office for the express purpose of talking to me about whiskey. So it's kind of a big deal because I like had a chance to connect with him. And he started going on and on about Old Forester. At the time, I didn't know anything about Old Forester. Never had it. Didn't know the brand. And he started saying like 1870, 1905. And my dumbass thought they were bottled then. And so I was like, oh, 1905 Old Forester. Wow, that's like 100 years old. And he just kind of shook his head and was like, no, it's just the brand. And he got up like and left. Like, <laughs> like very disappointed in me. And we've never talked bourbon since. <laughs> Get into that conversation assuming something. Yeah, yeah, that was not a good look on my part. Spencer, how was it? I don't know what it is, um, <laughs> but I quite like it. Uh, to return to an old phrase, this is just the campfire that I crave. This is very much a, sm a smoky kind of Bernie campfire taste, as I call it, and I quite like it. Interesting. <laughs> good. Okay, well. Uh, Spencer likes his mystery whiskey. Uh, I like Old Forester 1870, not bottled in 1870. Uh, BJ has a Willet, which I'm very jealous of, and Levi is drinking a rye. How's your Sazerac, Levi? It's good. <laughs> it's got got a nice little spice to it. Nice uh, spring rye whiskey uh, for the little bit of spring that's going to happen because it's actually going to snow tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Wow, so it was just like is... 70, like two days ago. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's interesting. So my memory is that, that Sazerac rye is a little bit more expensive than like the general Buffalo trace offering, but not too much more. So would you, is this like a go-to rye for you now? Uh, no, it was just a bottle that I picked up. I was at the store and I was like, Hey, let me pick up something I've not had before. Um, give it a shot. Uh, it, my memory is that it may be, uh, just a slightly bit more expensive, but not outrageously. So it wasn't nowhere the expensive, um, in the liquor store near me. Yeah. So how would this, how would this rye compare to say bullet or, um, definitely better than bullet. Um, <laughs> not, not bullet's bad, right? But, but bullet is just, yeah, it's, it's the go-to, um, it's very generic. Um, I think it's quite good. Um, I uh, I like the spice to it. Let's put it that way. It's got a little a little something in there. I mean, yeah. Send some around for you guys uh, if if this country continues to operate. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was mentioning before, and if uh, if it does happen, the the kind of thrones, I'll try and bring out the uh, a sampling of all the bullets that that I have. So I think I have four or five different ones now. Um, so the the one that you sent out, Levi, I believe was uh, one of their two-year uh, releases. Um, and I actually find it interesting because the four, this four-year release, I think, is either my favorite or my second favorite, followed by, the I think, the similar two-year to what you had. And then I have another three- and four-year. And they, they are surprisingly different. Um, and... I guess I expected a little bit more from the other four year that I have to be a little bit more well-rounded. And I think the two year that you sent out is probably one of the most well-rounded of the releases that they have, which I find very interesting and kind of weird. 
that's a very fair reaction. I think you've you've made mention of that before on the, like the two better than the four um, in general, and that's very unexpected, right? Like objectively. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, so. I think we can get into our content now. Um, you guys have, you know, I feel kind of weird just doing like our normal on brand. Do you guys have any like coronavirus related stories or any concerns or anything going on that's on your mind? Because I, I, my plan for this podcast is to release this one immediately. Usually when we record Whiskey in the Weekends, we hold them for a while. So we have a backlog. Uh, but this one by its nature is going to be pretty topical. So I'll try to get this one out this afternoon or early tomorrow morning. I can start us off with one of just, you know, stories within quarantine, or this one was actually right before quarantine. Um, BJ, I actually already told you this one, so forgive me, but I figured it worked, it worked to start us off. But uh, about three weeks ago now, pretty much when all of this started, it's amazing how fast all of this has happened. Uh, do you guys remember when there were all those news reports of, about runs on toilet paper? Yes. Uh, were they true where you are? Hundred percent. We literally can't find toilet paper. Very much, they were true down here in Florida too. Of where for a period, still going on, not as bad. Stores were just out. Didn't matter what big box store, or whatever else, they were gone. You were seeing people load up like multiple cars of just every paper product they could buy. So, so here's my on brand for this. Um, I have like three boxes of toilet paper that have been in my house for over six months because I just ordered them off Amazon and like I buy in bulk and, and I'm just one person. So it's just like, yeah, I'm fine. I, I also see Levi just like sitting over there and I wonder if, if he's similar on brand. Cause I, I feel like I did a reasonable job of convincing a lot of people in Mangum to switch over to uh, Amazon subscribe and save for their toilet paper purchases. And so it hasn't really affected me. You are a prolific toilet paper buyer. <laughs> and very um, discerning in the type too. So at least for us, yes, that was the case. It is no longer really the case, although some of the more um, generic grocery stores um, are are still more affected. So there's a there's a, a regional chain. Think of it in terms of a um, a mix between like Food Lion and Harris Theater in terms of what it has. Um, not quite as 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 downscale as Food Lion. Not quite as upscale as Harris Theater um, in terms of the North Carolina offerings, but it is named Stop and Shop. It's very oh, generic. Stop and Shop. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, they are out, and they've been out for quite some time. Uh, the Trader Joe's though has has toilet paper, and there's a CVS near here um, that has toilet paper as well. So it's it, it's almost as though people are it, it's still going on, but they're focusing their efforts towards what's convenient to them as opposed to actually trying to scavenge it. Um, so it's it's sort of this weird behavior people have. Um, yeah. I got a suggestion from my dad as to there were certain demographic groups that may have been doing it more than others, or maybe certain wealth groups of when uh, they've been ordering strictly from Instacart from Harris Teeter. And one thing they noticed was is that uh, a lot of organic products were completely sold out. Like my mom ordered strictly organic chicken and that was gone, but everything else was fine. Yeah, I got a picture from uh my girlfriend last weekend, I think, when she went shopping. And, and like, insane to me for North Carolina, I don't remember which store she was at, but, like, like all of the fresh meat was gone, except for, like, some pork products. And it was just, like, completely <laughs> empty shelves, and then, like, a whole bunch of stuff that was there. And I was just like, 
It's pork? Like, what that's is wrong so, with North Carolina? That's, that's so weird. North Carolina, BJ. That's like, look, really? we, can, we run out of everything, but never pork. We have pork. <laughs> we have pork reserves available. Emergency oil supply and emergency pork. They're there. Get Smithfield on the phone. We're getting some extra pork in here. <laughs> we just happened to uh, go by Costco and buy one of those. You ever buy toilet paper from Costco? It's a pallet that you buy. It's like 32-year-old monstrosity that they put in your car. We got in that about four weeks ago. That they put in your car. I like that. <laughs> you don't carry your own toilet paper. You're beyond that now. <laughs> Come on up. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but we got in that. Do you tip all... them quarters? <laughs> if they deserve it, yes. The Aldi shopping cart quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is why I don't enjoy the Aldi experience. I don't want to have to do this. Um, but when when all this happened, we've gone out just briefly to check on some checking the products, and we saw that a lot of the stores near us were just out of toilet paper. So we came back home. Bridget, good person that she is, went on her computer and printed out a lot of a lot of little flyers that just say, hey, we bought toilet paper before all this happened. If you need any, just give us a call, and uh, we can drop it by or, you know, let us know. And she printed all these out, cut them up, and put them in each of our neighbors' mailboxes so their neighbors would know. She, you know... She's actually very close to all her neighbors, whereas I don't know any of their names because me. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, I'm working it on brand into this, too. Uh, sure. She sent all these out. She came back. And probably not 35 minutes after she got back, a car pulled up out front, uh, which we'd never seen before, with a very old lady in it. And we saw that. And like, oh, that's weird. She didn't pull into her driveway. She just pulled up out front and stopped in the street. And we kind of looked for a while, nothing happened, so we just kind of went about our day. About 35 minutes after that, uh, someone rung our door. And out front was the oldest old lady I've seen in a long time. Like, the walker's keeping her moving. Bless her heart, she's moving at a rate that snails aspire to, but she's there, and she knocked on the door and said, uh, hey, I heard you're offering toilet paper. Like, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, please, I brought a bag. And she has a bag attached to the front of her walker for us to put the toilet paper in because she's not touching anybody. Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's like, I went to four stores and none of them had toilet paper. I'm so glad y'all were out here. Uh, it's like, oh, well, I'm happy to help. We put a couple rolls in there and she's demanding to pay us. We're like, it's toilet paper, your neighbor, please. Thank you so much. Uh, and she thanks us and goes back to her car. About a day later, she comes back again, which is a very, she's very old. It's a very slow process by which she has to do this. Uh, she knocks on her door and she hands us in a bag. Uh, she gives us a bag and says, I just want to thank you so much. You helped me wipe my ass when I wasn't able to do so. Oh, all right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so all the stores were out. Those assholes buying all the toilet papers. Like, thank you. Thank you. And we take the bag and we look in and it's two music CDs. And they're like, all right, uh, well, thank you very much. I said, oh, well, I used to professionally tour and uh, had these made about 20, 30 years ago, but I just wanted to have wanted you to have them as a thank you. And it's two swing music CDs that she recorded back in the day when she was touring professionally. Apparently, she's an old retired music, uh, musician. And she just wanted to thank us for giving her toilet paper because there was no other means of acquiring it right then. So Brit still has those flyers out. Nobody else has taken us up on them because I guess nobody... I, maybe everybody's locked down, but 
as it stands, we're ready to distribute toilet paper just because we have enough to last us a few months while everybody else is fighting for it right now. I have a couple thoughts here. Please. One is, Spencer, are you capable of doing an old person voice that's not Southern? No. <laughs> her, her accent was I suspect mild. she's not from Kentucky. Like, I don't think she's probably that Southern. It, but it, I, what, <laughs> she did have a mild Southern accent, but the only old, only, only old person voice I can do has to have a lot of old drinking crackling in it. I'd also like to point out that this is how this shit, Levi, this is how this pandemic fucking gets spread. They got the fucking, maybe have the coronavirus and they're handing out toilet paper from their house. Mm -hmm. this, this was, this was more than a week. This is more than a week before we had symptoms. Give us credit there. All right. Well, it doesn't. Asymptomatic carriers. Got it. Yeah. Yep. It's got it. It's, it's got possible. It. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Come on over for toilet paper and coronavirus. <laughs> um, so have you been looking in the obituaries for this singer? I'm not looking at the obituaries for the singer. Oh, Shut up. Oh, BJ, oh. stop it. You're too mean. That was, um, that was too dark. So, by the way, in that vein, um, I mentioned before that, that the building here has a lot of older people. Um, and so my girlfriend has, has been trying to sort of reach out to people that, that she she knows or knew the, her, her grandmother who used to live here and see if they need any help. They want us to go get groceries. They want us to do anything. We don't mind doing it. Um been about a week and a half or so since she made a lot of those those entry offers and we finally got got one bite and that is from a a, a, a lady who was was good friends with uh, my girlfriend's grandmother and um she had uh she had surgery a couple of days ago for for something that was scheduled and that she needed to have um and she's having problems taking selfies of her scar which she's going to send to her doctor to see whether or not um she needs to go in for for a sort of secondary um review of things um she, like josh helping you out after yours yeah that's what i thought of well so but her, her ask isn't for the photo it's that i can't figure out how to how to take a selfie um, <laughs> so, so the plan is going to be phone. well she probably just not flip the camera right like if you're not young and taking selfies, you don't know that you can flip your the camera on your phone. So uh, the plan is to go down there and, and instruct her how to, to, to do that on her phone as opposed to touch her phone potentially. Um, but that is the sort of old person trying to help out uh, situation that we have going on around here. We're not handing out toilet paper. We're not we're not that flush. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. I just, I just really want you to have like a, a bunch of pictures of like an old lady's back on on your camera roll I really maybe some maybe some live pictures of, of her just like did you get it <laughs> by the way i do love when when people send live photos and they don't intend to it is one of the, the greatest joys of my life oh that's a live photo let me hit on it and see and see what what they send it right afterward um so yeah so bj you're just cooped up I see me not talking to, not helping anybody out. You're just keeping yourself. Uh, pretty much. I mean, damn. <laughs> I assume you're not helping anybody out. I mean, honestly, so so the like there aren't that. I mean, pretty much everybody in in my area is like young professional, and like the amount that everybody has gone shopping just like blows my mind, and also like going and getting carry out and, and stuff like that. Like the number of times I've seen people like walking into their houses with like McDonald's bags is surprisingly high. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean it like 
If I were back in Illinois, I probably would have done a lot more just because I knew my neighbors a little bit better. Like my downstairs neighbors were quite a bit older and like I shoveled their driveways and stuff like that. But but here when everybody is essentially my age, it just seems a little bit weird. Like I, I've thought about putting a note on like a box of toilet paper and just being like, if you need some, take some. Um, but it's been raining for like the past week. So leaving it out on my porch probably won't work so well. Um, but we'll see. Okay. So I do have something else that, that I do want to, uh, discuss on pod, um, because it's one of my favorite things that's going on right now. Um, which is, uh, I told before, before we went on lockdown as lab, I told the, uh, our lab technician about the aquarium prank <laughs> and she just looked at me and she's like that i don't understand why that's funny and oh, <laughs> what? all right let's explain the aquarium prank so i i don't know what what put the bee in my bonnet for this but i decided that it'd be very funny to start sending somebody the accoutrement for having a fish and see how long it took them to either get a fish or get rid of all the stuff or, or something. And, and so I, I started this off with, with sending one of our friends, uh, some Tetra food. And, um, I figured over the next couple of weeks, this is sort of before the, the shutdown order sort of came about, we would send them various parts of, of things that they would need for uh, having a fish, um, and, and just see, see like what happened, what their reaction was. And, um, I, I think this is sort of in line with some of the other pranks that I've pulled, which are, they're not immediate gratification, but that makes them so much better because I have no idea when something's going to happen. Like that Cory Booker shirt you sent me, <clears throat> it completely flummoxed me. <laughs> yeah, so the yeah, Cory Booker shirt. Did I get um, drunk and support Cory Booker? What the hell? So, so so far, my favorite of all time because it took years for a payoff, and the payoff was so sweet. Was um, I think it was like ten years ago where you could sign people up to have um, a a visit from some LDS uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> And so I signed most of you guys up. Oh, that's funny. And and so at some point, Spencer, Spencer was just like, really? I just figured that they just started coming around a couple of times because I was in the neighborhood that they were going out to. Did that happen on pod? Didn't, didn't that revelation happen on pod? Yes, it did. They were determined. They were just so certain that I was a convert ready to go. And usually that's they feel like once the door. These guys showed up like three days in a row. So, so, so yeah, like, you know, there, there's something just very rewarding to me, um, about having that happen. So again, like I didn't expect much from it. Um, but I found out two things, which are, which were hilarious to me and, and basically humored me for, for at least half an hour, an hour that I was just like giggling to myself. So um, 
When this all started out and I sent out the Tetra food, I initially had sent it uh, subscribe and save, which I... <laughs> Even worse, it's just going to keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I found out that if you do that, it has your name in it. And that would end the prank very quickly. So, so I tried to cancel it, and there's a whole thing with Amazon, and I was really worried because Amazon's like, well, try and cancel it, but maybe it'll get shipped. We don't know. So I think that that worked out fine. I sent it with a you know gift receipt and everything. Um, and about a week later, I got a note from Amazon that is a thank you note. And so what I didn't know, apparently, is that you can send a thank you note on Amazon to whoever sent it to you, I assume anonymously. So I have a thank you note from Rebecca, which is, she's firing back. Thank you for the fish food, but we don't have any algae eaters. Cheers, Rebecca. So in, in, in parallel, when this is going on, um, I sent you guys a text. Uh, she posted on Facebook. Anybody know why I got all this <laughs> eater fucking fish food? And then some of her friends start typing like, oh, that happened to me. Amazon screwed up and sent me something. And then she in the comments goes, no, it was addressed to us. It might have been one of Josh's friends. <laughs> so she's already sussed it out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, yeah. So Spencer. Did you uh, buy some gravel? Did you send me a link for it? I, two or three times now. I can send it to you again. Okay. Are you sending it to me by text? Is that that where it's coming? To his secretary, BJ. I, I sent it to your email, but you know we can try again. The problem with having multiple emails. One second. It's okay. Um, but but that that's just. I think this is my favorite prank, prank now because I can do it from my own home. Like, I don't know when it's going to blow up. It, it's, it's just the greatest. Question for you, BJ. Yeah. In six months, if they go out and buy 10 fish, is that the biggest win of your life? Is that like the apex? I mean, yeah, that, that'll be pretty amazing. I mean, <laughs> I, I will be so happy. It sounds like they already have fish. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they do. I've never seen a fish tank at their house. I haven't either. I mean, it seems like it'd be on brand because it's a really Christian thing to have, right? No, I just well, <laughs> fish <laughs> or Christian, <laughs> the, the three fish or whatever that Jesus fed a thousand people. Is that where we're going? Well, is that um, you know the the you know you put on the backs of cars and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, BJ. I just think BJ that if you are successful in basically forcing a family. To stock an aquarium through your bullying Amazon purchases, I'm going to be so spectacularly proud of you. Like it's right. the Mount Rushmore. Uh, can someone just text me Josh's address? I'll order this on top. Um, it, it, I did email it to your Desert Fox email. Uh, I've got. Yes, you did. There it is. Okay, I'll send this right now. Um, just remember to put in a gift receipt. A gift receipt. Gotcha. Um, rather than putting your name in there, and it will try and autofill your name. And so you want to make sure that you change that to something else. I think I said, um, you know, from your hashtag fish friends or something like that. Will do. Speaking of sending people weird things, uh, who's gotten a Biden shirt? I'm wearing it. Spencer's got it. BJ, Spencer, are you wearing all your Biden gear? I have not gotten a Biden shirt yet. 
Okay. I'm, not well, it, I'm not wearing all my Biden gear. That is still sitting on the donate pile, though, and debating whether donating it would be a horrible idea. Well, BJ, you got one coming. Levi, you got one coming. Is it the no malarkey? Yep. No, <laughs> no more malarkey, 2020. <laughs> Wonderful, shirt. Wonderful shirt. Wonderful <laughs> shirt. Uh, that's another fun thing I like to do is like, just like, if I know, like my dad hates Biden, just send him like three Biden t-shirts. See what he does. Because <laughs> one thing, and this is something I think is going to come up with the the fish uh, fish tank um, prank, is there are people out there who are very uncomfortable throwing things away. Mm-hmm. And so if you send them something, they get angry because they're like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" And it's like, "Well, just throw it away." But they can't. Like it's not in their sort of DNA. And and Becky, I don't think it's in her DNA to throw things away. Because I follow her on Facebook, and like she routinely will be like, "I've got this half-eaten package of something I don't need anymore. Who wants it?" Most people would just throw that away. She's like shopping it on Facebook. So that tells me when you send her fish food, that fish food is sitting in her house for the next 20 years unless they get a fish. Okay, so so I have a, another prank that, that I really want to pull on them. But I, I, I've been, I was thinking about pulling it on you, Spencer, but I, I got lazy, which is mm. um, Uber Eats and Grubhub don't seem to, it doesn't seem to be necessary that it be your house. No. Um, unfortunately, Spencer, most of the listings that you had around you were very depressing in terms of like fast food places. I did look at the Thai place, um, but there were some like weird, very depressing taco shops and stuff like that. Um, you should be thankful that, that I wouldn't call it quite a food desert, but Fort Lauderdale food desert. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's a Denny's and an IHOP and that's it. They are on there. Um, so, so BJ, while I understand the objective hilariousness of this joke, uh, if you were to order food to our house, it's a whole thing. So like, I need to go through like a strict quarantine procedure. Uh, there has that suits to have to come out. So I'd prefer maybe a little heads up here or something. But so it sort of ruins the joke with me. Well, so, if you so, want to, you want to prank me, just send it along. I'm so the initial part of it was Spencer was a little bit under the weather and. Uh, Uber Eats had just sent out an email that said, um, we're now delivering tea and coffee. And I was just like, I can send Spencer hot tea. And that's the funniest thing ever. That's weird. Right. My girlfriend would throw that out. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I would too. I'm not taking the risk. I really, really would love some tea. It really cheers me up to someone think think, think of me uh, in that way. Uh, But she'd throw it out. I mean, but like, it, it's funnier to me because it's not like we'll deliver tea bags or something like that. It's, it's, here's a cup of hot tea. Uh, but the only option that I could find in your area, Spencer, was Starbucks. And it was mostly, it was a lot more complicated. You could get a lot of iced tea or boba tea. And I did think about that, but it just wasn't well, quite as funny. So, so BJ, um, I, do you have Hulu or have access to Hulu? Um, I mean, I have in the past, but not not currently. Okay, if you do, um, I would recommend watching. Uh, there's a documentary on the Dana Carvey show, um, which I had no memory of. Um, Dana Carvey show is very good. But they, they had like every every person that you you know of worked on that show. Um, like it's, it's incredible, but anyway, they, had, they have a segment on that, 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 or they had a segment on that show for the eight, you know, seven episodes that they aired, um, <laughs> that, uh, was people doing pranks that benefited other, other folks. 
So like going up and shoveling the driveway of some old lady and then running away before she could pay you. Ha 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 ha. That's funny. This is what you basically are, BJ. This is you, you in real life. You want to help Absolutely. people out and, and like laugh at it, even though it just benefits them. You're like, <laughs> you get hot tea. Cause I, I like the idea that in like 20 years, um, Josh's kids are going to be like, God, I remember that fish tank. That was so great for our childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Made us so happy. <laughs> All right. The skiffer suit. Um. Ooh. What What did you send? We need to keep consistent. No, we don't. No, we don't. Um. Let's just send something crazy. We'll send whatever you want. Uh, to. This is part of your five gallons in a fish. Part of your five gallons out of fish. You do so long and thanks for all the fish. Oh, yeah, I like that too. That's a little less okay. resist. Yeah, that's okay. good. So long and thanks for all the fish. Uh, from who? Nobody. Uh, hashtag Nobody? fish friends. Hashtag fish friends. There you go. Dude, have we gotten them a tank yet? No. We're progressing. That that needs to come towards the end, I feel like. Did you just it want needs one? To be very useless things. So Spencer, I, I also want to tell you a prank that I was thinking about playing on you, but is not actually gonna happen because it was a little too mean, which was I was trying to find out what the cheapest thing by weight and volume I could buy you on Amazon is. And it's just like, can I spend like twenty bucks to deliver you like fifty pounds of something? <laughs> It might be rice, right? Um, gummy bears are sometimes insanely cheap. Um, and I was very much contemplating sending you like 20 to 25 pounds of gummy bears. I mean, I didn't. at some point, I think at some point, Spencer's going to get on this call and he's going to say, all right, um, so guys, Bridget has, has basically... <laughs> said, said she's leaving if you keep sending this shit. So uh, no, it's very gonna... serious. <laughs> If you send gummy bears, Bridget's going to be like, Spencer, this is the nicest thing you've got me. She loves gummy bears so damn much. She just sent a really romantic gift from me. Okay, well. Here we go. Gummy well, bears now coming it, it, your way. it's back on. <laughs> they do sell them in five-pound bags. I think that's oh. the largest quantity. I've got the one-click ordering for Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> How many five-pound bags of gravel do you want me to send, BJ? Um, uh -oh. I was thinking start with one, but like I'm perfectly happy to be for it to be way more. We'll start with one. Start with one. All right. Uh, placing your order. All right. <laughs> it's a podcast it's a just send it. It started as, okay, we're all really concerned about coronavirus. Now we're just sending each other shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting as like we do. <laughs> oh, so, so I do want to um, give a warning that sugar-free gummy bears have problematic side effects before you which are um it, it gets real blue real quick and i, I care that way. what come on you're talking with me i don't care um let's just say that that they they have a similar effect to prunes oh okay your lester kind of effect yeah um anyways so necessarily a bad thing that's true um so back to to the coronavirus, like I do think. Anyway, like, <laughs> I just got my confirmation email. Thank you for shopping with us. Your package is away. 
It's kind of insane to me, like how weird the reaction has been to this in terms of like different people react so differently and, and how some I've gotten emails from businesses that I didn't realize I had ever signed up for anything, but basically anybody that has ever had my email has told me about their coronavirus responses. Like, why? Like, why, why do I care about, uh, how how Uber is is responding to to coronavirus and and I feel like that that's I guess a little bit more reasonable of one. Um, I, I feel like I'd have to go through my email, but like you're getting emails from Circuit City talking about they're preparing. Yeah, and you're like, I'm, I'm, aren't you guys? I'm, I'm, Empire. <laughs> getting emails from like malware bites. It's like this is our response to coronavirus. And it's like, well, you're an yeah. antivirus program. Are you are you being like funny or? <laughs> so I can I can maybe answer this question for you because I'm dealing with this at work. So my primary responsibility uh, at my work is to manage all of our subcontractors for a specific business unit. The business unit is about 70% of our business with most of our subcontractors across the Institute. Uh, my team manages them. Um, we have gotten more emails than you might expect, BJ, from our subs saying, hey, what do we do? Because people are just panicking. And so like what you have to do is try to like even though those people are kind of maybe being a little bit unreasonable asking you, what are you doing when there's really nothing to be done for them with our relationship, you want to head that shit off. So you're not just inundated with emails. So what you do is you just blast out something to just make sure people aren't just bugging the shit out of you. That's kind of what we've done. Yes. I guess what the, the breakdown there, Terry, right. Is that you're, you're talking to people who have a, have a distinct um, and established and current business relationship with you. Right. So it's targeted. This is not you emailing every person that you've had a subcontract with in the past five years. Uh, yeah, talking about your preparedness. Um, no, I mean, but that, but that's kind of different because, like, if you're you're dealing in retail, you kind of don't know if you have a current relationship because you just get on like a an email list, right? You don't, they don't know if when the last time yeah. DJs bought their services or not. I mean, for some of them, that's not the case, though. I mean, I've I've had airlines that I don't fly. I, I probably haven't flown in, in in a year and a half, two years. Email mm -hmm. about, about stuff, and it's like you know. You know for a fact that I have not flown with you. It, it is not important that you reach out to me. I don't have an ongoing relationship with you. Um, if it's one where I have frequent flyer miles or I have a, a, a you know maybe tickets, I, I don't have it. But if I had tickets upcoming, fair enough. But I've not flown with United in a year and a half, two years, and they emailed me. See, so, but you you travel a good bit, so a year and a half, two years for you seems like a really long time. For some folks, a year and a half, two years might just be the last time they flew, and like that's no. their airline. This is um, this is businesses trying to generate leads from from this event. Yeah, the, the number of airline sales that are going on during this period thoroughly amuses me. Like, I understand that they're trying to generate business, but it's kind of like a really. I mean, I get that you have cheap flights because no one's traveling, but it seems a little weird to be like, "Hey, do you want to fly?" Like, we can yeah, help you out with that. In that vein, I have a Facebook friend um, who is a, the father of a childhood friend of mine who went on a cruise last week. Is <laughs> the cruise posting about out. it? Like posting like <laughs> posting like, oh, we're at, we're leaving port. It's so fun! <laughs> like posting pictures from beaches and shit. And what the hell's going on? Guy's like seventy five years old. You know which cruise? Because most of the cruise lines have just shut down operations because they don't want to risk the liability of someone being on board anymore. <laughs> 
You know, he didn't say, but it, he did post like 50 pictures of them, like, you know, stopping at the different, you know, islands and whatnot. Speaking of, I do have an on brand that, that does uh, very much uh, include Spencer, which is um, as soon as there was the uh, princess cruise, I think, infection where they, they brought some people into San Diego. I asked Spencer how much it would be to buy decommissioned uh, cruise ships. And I don't remember if I sent it to you guys, but there, did, there's, a, yeah. there's a website where you can buy uh, cruise ships. And Spencer's like, well, I, can get you, I might be able to get you a better deal. I found you a deal for a 74-foot yacht. So far, so far, I've not been able to get you a cruise ship quite yet. If you like it, The three and four tier uh, living quarter one. I mean, that, that's really where it's at. Not, not like a, a pleasure yacht. Okay, again, wait three months. It's going to be pennies in the dollar. I get down there. On the last uh, Mango Talks TV we did on the season finale of Succession, um, they did most of the episode from a yacht. And I was marveling with Spencer that I didn't know yachts could get that big. And Spencer said, get down to Florida and all the repossessed yachts that my firm deals with, you can walk through. <laughs> We've done like six in a year. We could take you out with repossessed yachts or otherwise, you know, whenever this stops, come on down for the boat show of where all of the who's who rich people want to show off their yachts is come down to Fort Lauderdale, Miami and just open them up to tours. So you can go on Steven Spielberg's yacht if you want to and see what that's like. So down. A hundred percent. I think this needs to be like a Mangum trip where we go to some of the Indian casinos and we just like put any money that we can get towards, you know, what yacht can we buy at a police <laughs> or whatever. Again, it was tribute. <laughs> Again, for, for that 74 foot yacht, we were offering it for like 300,000. That's just the level of the market right now. And nobody would take it. So I could change yeah. for Baxter. I could change. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> So yeah, go down to Seminole Hard Rock and see what you guys can earn. I'm down. Let's do it. They had some pretty good uh, poker games when I was there about a decade ago. It was a, a bunch of old people that were just like in on everything. And it was just like, well, this is an easy way to, to make money. Yeah, that's Florida for you. Spencer, are there other whiskeys you want to try? Uh, I have one other one. It's in a Tabasco flask with two bits of tape on it. I 100% just want you to try and drink it from the bottle, and I want to see see what that's like on pod. Um, unfortunately, our listeners won't be able to see you do this, but um, I will we, do my best yeah. to describe um, what this is. And, and I'm going to grab my other uh, bottle that's already on my table, which tells you how much I've been drinking um, now that I have basically nowhere to go. Um, I have a Bunahaven. Um, and a word that I 100% can't pronounce. Um, it means helmsman in Gaelic. Um, but but I, I kind of want Spencer to try and pronounce that. No. <laughs> Hold on. Struidere? Yes. Struidere. Rolled the tongue a little bit. Get a little roll. He he's got that uh the Mexican heritage in there. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I right. love how Trumpian you are about his heritage beat day. You're just like, eh, I don't Mexican. know. Yeah, Mexican. This was I, this was stuffed as far back as possible into like a little nook corner, which may have been me warning myself, but I figured I'd break it out. So let's just see what this is. 
Oh, you took off the uh, limiting top. I'm very. That is fucking peanut that. butter. <laughs> <laughs> you were I, supposed to drink that's all the of peanut that. butter whiskey. But I said, I'm. I'm really. I told disappointed. you I didn't. I told you I didn't because I couldn't. That hey, is the peanut. We we were we were joking about people who don't throw things away, and we have one on the podcast. Spencer, throw things away. Just get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to keep the peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> That was a joke. That is totally peanut butter. That is such burnt peanut butter. Oh, it's coating. So, Spencer, I have a very different question for you, which is, why have you had peanut burnt peanut butter before? Why have I had pe burnt peanut butter before? I don't know. I think I'd had some bad peanut butter brittle long ago, and it's stuck in my mind what that tastes like. Mm, fair enough. That does make sense. That is a very southern speaking thing. Of, speaking of things that exist that I don't understand why they do, peanut butter brittle. Why? It's very much a thing in the South, but yeah, I don't get it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. No. I mean, if you have a lot of peanuts and you want to do something and make candy with it, that, that seems like a very reasonable thing to do. It's, it's make good. Peanut, make peanut butter. It's more delicious than peanut butter brittle. Like, much, more, much more useful, too. If you want, I mean, you want a, like a sweet or a treat or something. You, know? you, you like the occasional treat. <laughs> I indulge from time to time. Some better snacks, <laughs> you know, every so often. <laughs> well, Spencer, well, that was a that was epic. I can't believe you kept that shit. It's, it's bad enough that I've now tried to taste the other whiskey, and no, it just tastes like peanut butter now. It has contaminated my other enjoyment. Oh. Well, I, so doesn't funny. Bridget like it? She does. It's probably why I saved it, but purposely far enough away from me, I would never run into it again. Well, you forgot I think, that you'd done that, which which yeah. I I sympathize with, by the way. I like, totally hey. forgot that was the plan. So, I feel like there's a story there, Levi. Uh, not so much. It's just that I I forget how. I mean, the the canonical story is is the the time that I applied and said that I have 26 years of troubleshooting general troubleshooting experience. <laughs> I just like forget things. I I do stuff that I think would be funny um, or, or or thoughtful, and then forget about them. Like when I moved, um, I noticed that I had, I had been for almost like three or four years keeping every card that Samantha had given given to me. And I'd forgotten that I'd done that. And I was like, oh, look at this. I was thoughtful once, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Is that right before you tossed them? <laughs> I, I, I did not toss them. Stop it. Um, but no, Spencer, I empathize with you, but you should probably just throw it out. Or like write a description of what it I'm is. I'm staring at the box of socks that you guys bought me. It's sitting across the room. That I've maybe opened one of the like nine packs of socks that are stored in that box. Yeah, he opened that one. He's been wearing it for two months. <laughs> They're still good. They haven't worn out yet. <laughs> so Spencer, hey. follow-up question. Since you're working from home, um, have you been been sort of following the standard advice, which is to get into a, like, a, like a business context, put on no. your business clothes, or are you just wearing like like boxer briefs and, and uh, a t-shirt and just hopping on? I'm, I'm wear wearing boxer briefs and t-shirts and spending all day working while laying on the couch. That really is a terrible idea, but yeah, you, a monitor, man, you do you. It, it's the option I got. Um, the plan for me is I'm going to set up one of those workstations just once we get the all clear about Bridget, where I'm going to go in and just, I've received permission. I can just take all my work stuff, my entire station, and just bring it home and don't further notice. Yeah, we have so, that same same rule. I will set it up on the same bed that I'm sitting in now. You're gonna put a monitor on your bed? On the desk. You live in a tent? 
I live in a house a in Florida and I have a bed. <laughs> this is the option. You have a desk, Spencer. There is a desk. There's Bridget's workstation on it. We have one desk. You know you can Levi's work from desk. home set. Levi, I've seen Levi's work from home set. That's he's got it. He's got it right. Yeah, I imagine monitors, that the Le- whole thing. Levi's from home set is going to like com- continue getting better and better until it's basically like one of those like VR uh, arcade games where he has like a tilty chair for for <laughs> like a gamer chair for his work. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm switching to the other screen, and he like tilts input response to like move, move over. So the the crazy thing about, um, I mean, so I, yes, I do have a nice setup, um, but I also only work from home. This is my office, right? So, yeah. sure, sure. But so so Terry, I have uh, purchased an actual laptop stand as opposed to using uh, the uh, George R. Martin books that you were using before. <laughs> yeah, the world, world of ice, ice and fire, because uh, those are the thickest books that I had. Um, I, I, I basically purged all my books when I, when I moved. Um, and those are some of the few that I, that I kept cause they're, they're, they're beautiful. Right. Um, but I have that set up, um, and it, I enjoy it. It's, it's legit set up. Spencer, if you want any recommendations, I can help you out. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I actually don't want to encourage put it on a bed. I don't want to encourage you working from home though. Like I, I think you'd be a terrible work from home person. Um, well, you would just, here's the thing. We're all probably going to be working from home for like the next four months. So we should all be well equipped for it. Yep. That's quite fair. Which, by the way, um, I have limited my girlfriend's uh, the time which she's allowed to read news. Um, like you can't read news after, yeah. after 2, 2 p.m. because she, good call. No, she's down with it like because she understands that she'll get freaked out. Um, but it is weird in, in, in a way of she will stumble upon news stories that happened several days ago and i'm already aware of and she'll ask me about like uh what was it the uh, college of london or whatever of london uh report that actually shocked the uh, british government into to changing pace on their herd immunity strategy who would have uh, who would have thought that an official uh, a scientific report saying that your plan will result in the deaths of two hundred and fifty thousand people might result in a bit of a shift i also um, like how nonchalant the uk is about things that, about that. It, they're just like, yeah, it's fine. You know, you don't need to do anything special. Just yeah, we're going for herd immunity here. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I empathize with their position. I think actually it's, it's got some benefits, um, but I understand why. <laughs> Cause you just like want old people to, <laughs> that's, that's no. not a, a benefit from a, a governmental standpoint, just because you, you want like, Eh, the weekend, you know, it'll just be better once they're all gone. Levi, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Biden's going to beat this thing. If he gets it, he's beating it. So don't don't get excited. <laughs> I'm not excited <laughs> about death. Stop this nonsense. You're slandering me. Um, but <laughs> just an added benefit. <laughs> uh, this was supposed to be a somber podcast. What happened? <laughs> We're also macabre. We know this is what we do. <laughs> Uh, yes. What what a great time to be alive, right? <laughs> sure. Spencer, I, 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 I got to go back to this. You really are going to put a monitor on your bed? Again, the options are limited. So, so Spencer, what I, house. what I really want you to have is, um, so you can mount monitors, like you can mount a TV, and I just want you to have it, like, above this, 
the bed in the spare bedroom. And I just like want to imagine you like doing all your legal briefs, basically bed bound, you know, it's like, flat, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like I, you have alarms on your phone so you can roll over every so often so you don't get bed sores, but otherwise like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Spencer, so do you have a desk or is that, you only have, have a one, desk, one which, desk. Oh. We, 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 which is Bridget's workstation that she has from home. Okay. So do you have a table? Uh, we have a kitchen table, yes. Okay, so you have two you have two spaces. Um, but let's go to a third that you do not currently have, but you could have. Um, what about uh, a fold-out table of some sort? Do you have space for a fold-out table of some sort? Uh, we... Spencer is of the, the age and persuasion where he would have a card table so he can play bridge with his neighbors. But, but it's You're his joking. neighbors that have the bridge table um, rather than him. And so, so he brings the the snacks. You're joking, but I have two bridge tables that I'm staring at right now across the room. All right, we'll use those. They're also fold out. They're, they're, they're like bridge slash fold out TV dinner stations that we uh, oh, took from. You, oh my gosh! Like the thing TV that goes dinner. Over, <laughs> the thing that goes over your lap when you're on the couch. Uh, no, it actually has a stand that's attached. It's, it's it's that, but with the stand that it plugs into that I can then move around. Spencer, do you have like hungry men <laughs> dinners in your freezer? No, but I'm well equipped to eat them if need be. At real talk, I stocked up on TV dinners. I got a ton of them. Hungry man. Yeah, and and frozen burritos, Levi, you'd be proud. Respect. <laughs> Hashtag efficiency. Once I, once I become the other equipment, I'm going to set up one of those other tables and go from there. By the way, uh, update. Um, so I have have now converted Samantha into believing that maybe we should have a uh, uh, a cabin in the woods. Um, maybe that's a wise idea. <laughs> Good positive byproduct of this. Yeah, she, <laughs> go, let's go oh, she, socially isolate. She mentioned it multiple times of like, you know, after this is over, we should probably look into that. And I'm like, well, that's, that sounds fantastic. Like, so this is a running joke that I have with my girlfriend that she doesn't appreciate, but it's still a running joke, um, which is getting getting the cabin in the woods for for uh, in general uh, for for certain purposes that we've discussed previously on the pod. But I think they're expensive now. Like I, hmm. I'm pretty sure they've gone up in price. That last I looked. So so you might want to oh, wait yeah. until like this is over and people are kind of wanting to dump the cabin in the woods that they bought. They panic bought. Exactly. A hundred percent. Not a time to build your doomsday bunker. Yeah, we're not going to do that <laughs> right now. Um, we're going to wait to the un uncoming depression uh, so that, you know, yeah. after, uh, 20% of, of the country is out of work and then uh, housing prices uh, bomb. Um, yeah. So there's upside uh, for some of us. So, so are you thinking like uh, rural Vermont or, or are you looking to go back to your roots and, and go a little bit more Western Carolina? Uh, New Hampshire is going to be the target. Um, I can't tell you where. Um, New Hampshire. Interesting. Uh, Levi, you want, like, you want more access to the ocean, or New Hampshire doesn't. It, that's the closest place to me, by the way. Le Levi, well, so I, I, get, yeah, so get, uh, Wikipedia, oddly enough, has a county by county map of what counties have reported cases and what counties haven't. So yeah, rely on that. Find a county in New Hampshire that just never has cases, and just go with that most rural sections. Oh, I, I, I was going to say Vermont is, I thought, more like the other side and a little bit more rural. 
It's a little more rural, but it's but it's it's harder to get to. Um, so it's like more of a, a distance. If let's say the end of the world situation happened, I don't want to necessarily be on the road for 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 twelve hours to be able to go. That to is true. So, so Levi, have you identified other people that are preppers that you can mooch off of, like you had in uh, North Carolina? Because because <laughs> that was like one of my favorite things of, of you. Um, let's say social distancing from some of your colleagues, <laughs> where. Where you told that story some... on the podcast? Um, I don't think so. So basically, what, what BJ is referring to is is that I had a coworker one time who was was big into prepping, um, like always carried a go bag everywhere he went, um, and wanted to, to to preach that lifestyle to to everyone who would listen. Um, and he kept you know hitting me up like, hey, you know, you really need to prepare. You need to to, to make sure you have. Have, have plenty of plenty of canned goods. You plenty of guns and ammo. You have, you have all things you need to survive uh, in case things go south. And I'm like, well, I guess that's true. But I mean, I've got guns. I've got ammo. And I know where you live, so I've got food. Um, and <laughs> he just stopped talking right. uh, about that uh, pretty much immediately afterwards uh, because I'm a crazy person who's like threatening his family, basically. Um, but it's really his fault for bringing that crap up. Uh, Actually, looking at the map, New Hampshire only has two counties right now that have not reported cases. So aim for uh, Sullivan and Stratford. Um, I I would comment here, but that would give away potential clues of, of where my uh, uh, place would be. But I already know where I want to go. I also agree with your conclusion about always having one prepper friend. Where uh, <laughs> There's definitely a guy I know that... Last time I saw him, he was showing off his new gun acquisitions and just like, okay, so long as you like me, yours the you're, I'm going to your place on your just extended compound kind of area in the middle of nowhere. Similar to that, I think you need a friend, at least one friend who's big into conspiracy theories. Because they're going to battle low percentage. Yes. That's why we're friends with you, once, Lee. Well, they're, they're going to battle low percentage, but every once in a while, they're going to nail it. You're going to be happy you got that friend. Um. Uh, this is probably a little bit more appropriate for our reads pod, but um, I, I mentioned Station Eleven previously, and so basically the the plot of the book is it follows a uh, theater company that that goes around to these uh, basically populated areas and puts on theater and shows and things like that in this post apocalyptic world, and I may have spent some time with with your your wife lee and and spencer as well as my girlfriend discussing like what role each of our friends would play in in this post-apocalyptic yes you mentioned this to me yeah mm -hmm. um and um levi I, I i hadn't quite decided on on what role you would play but uh lee i think you and your wife would do a very good uh macbeth and lady macbeth <laughs> sure mm. i'll take it um and and so i i think it's really funny like how uh sort of joking people like refer to this being like a very post-apocalyptic doomsday thing at where like there are very incredible and difficult significant changes that people are undergoing in in these past couple of months but like the number of uh, the amount of consumption of post-apocalyptic media and things like that in just in these times fascinates me. Where HBO just released a, a series about a pandemic that they just had 
happened to have made. Yeah. Uh, that was scheduled for release like two weeks ago. <laughs> it was like kind of insane. BJ, did, did you actually did you actually note that uh, the author of Station Eleven posted publicly encouraging people not to read her book right now? I did not. That that's very interesting. Um, because, if you... I was gonna say because people are really consuming a lot of post apocalyptic uh, stuff in terms yeah. of like Audible and and Kindle and 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 TV shows, and it's just sort of like a a very interesting phenomenon to me where where people are like obsessing about this. That's that's me. Um, every <laughs> every evening, um, we boot up Netflix and we try to find a show to watch or something, you know, something to watch and t take our mind off things. Um, and a very popular movie right now is the movie Outbreak. And every day, I scroll down to it and, oh. and, tell, and tell my girlfriend, "Hey, number five in the U.S. How about today?" And she's like, "No, not today. Stop it. <laughs> this has been going on for a week and a half." Um, <laughs> every day, you should suggest uh, twenty eight days later. Or stop it. Obviously, he's not going to play well with her. No, she doesn't like violence. I've got that on Blu-ray, so I mean, I can just pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> On demand. And for me, I'm humored. But I was talking about that book, Alaska Babylon, about that uh, uh, post-nuclear war book set in Florida, about how there's this central part of Florida where nobody lives, which is just protected because that area wasn't nuked. And I'm really humored by the fact that the map of counties that have reported cases, that exact area in Florida has had no reported cases of like nine counties in the center part of the state. It is the swamp. Credit to you, Pat Frank. You called it right in 1959. So is University of Florida in those nine counties? No, University of Florida is northern Florida, and it has had a lot of reported cases. Okay. Uh, towns are, are getting killed right now. So the, the the research triangle is not the ideal place to be in the, these times. Not at all. No, a lot of reported cases here. Yeah, but it's not it's not not a good place to be, right? Like you're in you an area, hospitals. You got you have major research institutions in the, in the biomedical sciences. You have multiple like major hospital centers. Um, you've got enough of an area to 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 ensure that there's some options to stay sane you know some restaurants that are delivered to you but you're not big enough that you're going to be in total shutdown craziness i think it's actually a pretty good location to be behold up if if, if worse comes to worse i mean it is but it also is like we have more reported cases in this area than anywhere else in the state so well, yeah, yeah. Okay. because like even more than charlotte and charlotte has more people so you... spencer um mm -hmm. that that arcgis uh site that you're, you're sending mm -hmm. um it is so my company does does analytics um and and, and does geo analytics as well um and so it's, it's been the bane of our existence of all this all the, the people who are using arcgis for stuff as opposed to our products um mm -hmm. that's been some somewhat of like a funny if he's just flexing on you <laughs> call call the florida department of health this is what they chose to use to send around data uh i can't comment any further about that um let's put it that way so so the other thing that i will mention sponsor is the the scientist in me is just saying that they have absolutely no testing there opposed to anything else and and it's that combined with anybody who's sick enough is going to move to somewhere else and then get tested so it's not that they don't have cases it's just uh they're moving to population centers for for obvious reasons sure the rate of testing uh, has been incredibly low still in florida which is disturbing given we're like fifth in number of cases so the the other thing that so Spencer, so before we move on, just to, to remark on this map, 
Um, so you mentioned that there are nine counties that do not have any any cases. If you drill into those those nine counties, two of those have cases. Highlands has a has a case, and Martin County has a case. Those are on the coast, aren't they? Uh, Highlands is cent uh, central. Um, Highlands is Tampa, I thought. I mean, I don't know Florida counties. I I prefer not to to, to remember any of this. <laughs> Cases uh, yeah, it does have one case. It's weird. Why they list is not colored in. That's because their dynamic scaling is crappy. Um, Ooh. Wouldn't be a problem with uh, Click Clicks Analytics software. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Over here, Islands and Martin have one reported case that's and it's listed in the same category as none. Interesting. That's very weird. I'm just assuming that place is actually entirely shut down. Um, Continuing on, not me judging the, the analytic offering of do, the editor. Do, you, do your all states have anything similar to what the uh, Florida Department of Health is putting out? Looked at it, I just um, paid attention. I mean, it's a, checking the so, newspaper. Like a <laughs> I, I was going to say the, two things I wanted to talk about is one, so I, I work at a university and the number of emails that I have gotten is impressive because my department is within the uh, medical school school. I have ignored more emails from work in this period of time than than since I, I started working there. Um, so I would like to point something out and this is something I've said in my current position many times. Um, once you have a PhD, that's when you can start ignoring emails. <laughs> If I ignored emails, I'd be fucking out by Wednesday. Like yeah. it would be so fast. But like our researchers, as soon as they get PhD, they start winning grants, bringing in revenue. Bah, yeah, I'll answer it maybe later, maybe never. Yeah, and well, but the other side of it is, it's it's not an email to me. It's like a school wide email, but like it has absolutely no usefulness to me. And then there's a lot of like, hey, we've updated like our response, and there's a lot of this is what's happening in the hospital and things. And it's just, it's, it's interesting to me, like how many emails go out. And I'm sort of curious, like how many people are actively reading them. But the other thing that I wanted to mention is I find it fascinating that, um, and, and this is a hundred percent, like because of the country that we live in and, and, and how the country like reacts to things, there hasn't been a major push as far as i i know to have uh scientific laboratories help with testing and things like that and i find that very interesting because it's very weird not interesting it's very weird yes i i feel like interesting was a just a different way of describing it but like i think that that it's fascinating to me that there are so many people within this, uh, within the sciences that are essentially sent home to do nothing. And it feels like there could be a lot more like, hey, go into lab, spend like three hours a day, test these things and, and help out with the current crisis. And that's not a response that is functional, at least in this country. So uh, slightly disagree. Um, our company's doing that. 
Um, so we have what's called strategic investment funds, which is a mm. pool, of, pool of money that we set aside typically to try to get in emerging markets. So, okay, we, have, we don't have experience in, say, opioids 10 years ago or whatever. We use our internal funds to fund research for it, to get past performance, to then apply for grants or contracts. They're doing that now with coronavirus. Like, we have oh. many different researchers who are using internal funds, not client-given. It's just RTS profit and are either testing or, or working on certain things related to it. So, so there's a lot of... Um, I think NIH has put out calls for grants to work on coronavirus and, and things like that. But I guess I'm just saying, like, the testing that is required to, there, there are basically two different versions of testing. There's antibody testing, and then there's, like, uh, testing for the virus itself. And to a certain extent, like, anybody with a, a lab setup can help test. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, your point is that we just have much more bandwidth than we're we're really tapping right. into. Yeah, I agree. And, and I guess I find it interesting that that like I haven't heard that being talked about like within the university, within like state conversations or or nationally, where it's just like, yes, this isn't like a a thing that that my lab or labs that I've worked in does, but if there are labs that like the machinery is a bottleneck. There's so many other labs that are essentially shut down that it's just like, yeah, go go work in a different lab. And there's there's a lot of tech, a lot of similar machinery that is basically collect dust right now that like you could use and not change like who's being exposed, who's trained, and things like that. And it's just not happening. Because there's no middle layer of coordination here. There's no middle manager who can help coordinate the 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 doling out of, of vials or samples uh, across 15 different medical centers or research labs across that area. That's that's exactly great. Um, and and that's the silly part, right? Because to your point, there are uni research universities that have tons of lab space that could be doing this testing because it's trivial testing. Um, that can increase the capacity here without any changes to to machinery um, to the the, the acceleration of the machinery, you can have, you know, interns inside of these labs running, running basic tests. You don't need fancy, fancy analysis. Um, I imagine. You guys, uh, you guys remember the book World War Z? I do. Sure. So in that, in that book, it's about a zombie outbreak, which, you know, obviously it's like so the global crisis, but the organ, uh, the company, or sorry, the country that does the best is Cuba. And that's because in the book, um, they have this sort of top-down like organization structure, right? Like they have a very controlling central government. And I'm kind of seeing that a little bit here because even China now looks like they've completely stabilized even though they had it everywhere. Um, and it's because they have that sort of, well, I mean, whatever. But I mean, they have like a top-down coordination, right? Like where, so like where I'm going with this is maybe it's better to have a totalitarian, gover totalitarian government when you have a pandemic. Like there's no coordinate. Or at least have a a method of uh, declaring an emergency and having uh, infrastructure to respond to it. Well, we're talking about like, okay, well, how can you you plan, you know, uh, across all the resources that you have in your country? Well, well, if you have central planning government, <laughs> just communism or a totalitarian government, maybe you're a little bit better at it. An interesting article I'm listening to you guys right now that the BBC did discussing. What lessons Western Europe or West can draw from Asia's response, looking into what Taiwan, what Singapore did. And that's actually one of the conclusions they kind of reach is that 
there are in moments like this the advantage of having very few civil liberties of where but, you can but just shut down your because nation because the the places that don't have as many civil liberties compared to South Korea and Japan are essentially not doing anywhere near as well as Japan and South Korea in terms of number of diagnosed cases and how they're responding to it. And, and so I think that there is an interesting balance there. Um, and the other thing that, that I will, uh, to you, Lee, as, as a, a little bone that, that will make you happy is the number of articles that I've seen that say, if Hillary were president, we would be in such a better spot. I, I can't imagine isn't making you super happy right now. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that? just, I'm not that's really just sure true, right? I mean, like, <laughs> we, we all know that she would be doing a much better job at this. Hell, she's doing a better job of it now from fucking Chappaquiddick or no, no where the hell she's at. Chappaquiddick, that's where Ted Kennedy killed somebody um, <laughs> in, in New York, wherever the hell she's at in New York. She's, I mean, she seems even more knowledgeable about it than Trump does at this point. But anyway, that's my bias. But It's a good mention, BJ, of South Korea, because if you want to see a nation that was really confronted by a very bad outbreak that was occurring in a lot of different places, but it seemingly stopped it or at least slowed it down significantly. Look there, but it's in large part because they've been able to do between 10 and 15,000 tests a day, nonstop, drive through clinics with three hour results. Well, and that's to BJ's point is leveraging the, the testing resources that you have, which we're not doing. Nope. I guess it's, my point is that you need to have that middle tier of middle management to help coordinate response and, and make sure all these things happen, right? Um, someone who can who, who can on the fly build up a database of all the, all these places, start doling out results, and then you know coordinating the uh, dissemination of information. That's that's the gap. It's, Which it, I also think is fascinating because um, the scientific systems in Europe are essentially geared to do this as compared to the U.S., where there's a lot more structure and hierarchy in terms of like the scientific community and how people work on things. And so like somebody could be like, you could call up the head of an institution or the head of a lab and they can a lot more direct, like what's going on in, in their, uh, with their subordinates. And that just doesn't exist in the U S particularly. I mean, we, Trump was seeing reports both from the Obama administration when they were leaving and from the CDC before all this happened, just saying that our level of control is too diffuse. There are too many actors that are in place. There's not enough top-down control. If anything serious happens, we are going to be very slow on the uptake. And that has proven very much true so far. Spencer, when did Bridget get tested? Uh, she got tested on, I think it was Wednesday. And you still don't have results? No, the fourth day was Saturday. And so, so we see, that's my thing. Like, how helpful is the test then? So I, I think the best answer that, that Lee, I can give you is um, responding to people that, that have tested negative might be a little bit slower or a lot slower. And the other thing that has significantly changed in how they process tests is pooling. And so, Basically, um, it, it's similar to giving blood, actually, where the one of the best ways to find positives is you pull many, many samples together and you test that. And if that's positive, then like you start get down to like why it tested positive and, and like who's contributing to that. But if it tests negative, then you have a large number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and so like, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a combination of slow testing and pooling that's going on where like getting a response to, to a positive is going to be way, way slower than a negative. I think that's probably very possible, PJ, because I, uh, if you look on that web website I guys sent you guys about from Florida, it lists the number of pending tests too for like Broward County where we are. And that's declined from like 280 from a day ago to like 208. And very possible Bridges in that tested group and she's just tested negative and they're taking their time to send it to her, which we're hoping oh, to hear Monday. That's sort of the opposite. Of Nate, not bad. Not great. That's sort of the opposite of what you're saying though, BJ, right? You're saying that basically the positive tests will be slower because they have to do the... The, the rigorous analysis of the individual of the in, individuals in inside the composite pool, um, as opposed to the negative, you know, that all hundred are negative. You can, you can batch that out. And yep. Right. But, but if you have like 80 negative in a group that has a positive test, they will be slower. So you'll get a lot of negative tests that are fast. Yep. And then, you know, if you're unlucky in, in one of the pools, then, then it'll be slower and <laughs> go from there. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, I mean, I, I understand the reasons for it. It just seems like, I mean, if you, it takes you a week to figure out if you're positive, like, I just don't know the value of the test at that point. Why don't well, you just treat the system? So that's symptoms? And again, that very much varies by country right now of where I said Korea is getting results in three hours. That's the system that they've been able to put into place. We're not anywhere near that. Because I do think we're going to reach a point, right, where you have a high concentration of cases where it, like the testing isn't really... I mean, what, what, how is that helpful? It's just like, why don't you just treat the symptoms and tell everybody to stay home? That's kind of what we're seeing. And I think, I think I saw the other day that 25% of the U.S. population is now under stay-at-home orders. I mean, yeah, as soon as California expand. did that, that was like, once California and New York <laughs> went into that, like... Done. Throw New Jersey and Connecticut on there for good measure. But yeah, you've already, you've already made it. Uh, Illinois as well. Um, but yeah. yeah I mean, that's they closed the bars and everybody flipped their shit there. That's like my favorite thing especially right around saint patrick's day yeah my in-laws included they didn't like that shit at all <laughs> the composite answer right is it the reason why the u.s is so screwed up right now is because we don't have testing right if we had testing we could go out to to restaurants we can do whatever we want like it, it would be fine relatively speaking you obviously wouldn't go back to your to, to your old so, so would you say that you should have no like more. a badge that you can wear that says that like gold star maybe <laughs> um I, I say yes, but I understand that it's unpalatable to the conservative Christians in the United States to <laughs> to be marking themselves and to the Jewish population to be marking themselves. Uh, there's a lot of problems with uh, putting the marks on people. But I would agree, yes. Um, I mean, that, that's the answer, right? Is that if you've tested, uh, if you've been positive and you've then gotten over it, you're now immune. Yeah. And so now you get a little chip in your arm and you can go about your business. Uh, you know that though? Do we know that you have immunity after you get it? Well, so, in the short, so we- in, in the short run you do. The, the answer is probably, um, but the other side of it is like, so there are two, like uh, as we talked about, there are two different versions of the test. There's the test that if you have it, and there's the test that if you've had it, um, it is likely that if you've had it, you're not going to catch it again right now. Um, but it's unclear at whether that will hold true, kind of like the flu. Where the Spanish like, flu, yeah, they did the same thing, yeah. Yeah, so, so with flu in general, like if you've had it, you're probably not going to get it again unless it changes enough that you can get it again. 
And so that, and that's what happened in the Spanish flu, right? Like we had, it was like early, like late winter, early spring. Yeah, exactly. And then the summer came, it kind of receded and then it kind of mutated. And then in the next winter, that's when everybody just got decimated. Yeah. Speaking of Levi, are you still uh, looking public transportation? Uh, I've not taken public transportation, but no, I would not do that. Um, I'm going to honestly like go out and limb and say that was probably a bit too uh, <laughs> clear <laughs> of a thing to do. Um, mm. uh, I mean, I, I I still objectively believe that it was a humorous thing to say in context or to do in context. <laughs> um, but I think maybe it was it was not um, a little bit overboard. Not the smartest thing for me to do. But, you know, you live and you learn. Maybe we shelved that pod, Levi, because I said I wanted to get it. <laughs> that's one of the interesting things to see how many articles they have out they have out now trying to advise young people no 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 don't get this that you'll end up in the hospital that we may have over exaggerated early on that the symptoms will be guaranteed mild for you and you'll be fine it's like no 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 particularly in italy they're ending up in the hospital and we just do not have the space for them well Lord, have cracked me the fuck up. Dear God, Tampa, why on earth did you leave those beaches open? <laughs> it's so funny to me. Yo, I'm a party, bro. I don't care. Give me well, that I corona. Mean, I was going to say there's that, but like there's the uh, w- with younger people, there's the mortality rate versus like ending up in the hospital, which is kind of like the, well, it's not severe enough that you're going to die. It's like, well, yeah, but like ending up in the hospital is super problematic. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that your state, like I, I love that that there are people party on the beaches. That that's got to be the greatest thing. So, South Florida was shut down, which led to a lot of spring breakers park, uh, partying two blocks away from the beaches because apparently that wasn't shut down. But Tampa was just wide open, which led to every news crew going down there and interviewing those kids who were just. I'm hoping those interviews were selective because man, those have come across as some real selfish idiots. Spencer, while we're on the subject of weird uh, Florida stories. I'd like to bring up um, uh, Democratic gubernatorial candidate, Andrew Gillum. (laughs) Go on. Well, I just would like to discuss, uh, this is maybe the most Florida story I've ever heard. This guy supposed to win the the governorship. We all, everybody predicted him to win. He loses barely. um, And he's found in a hotel room. Oh God. Yeah. Comprehensibly drunk. Like can't even formulate a sentence with a, uh, a male stripper who has overdosed on meth. I think I got that right. Well, uh, you're not even going as far as far as you could go. He's not just a male stripper. Um, he is a male prostitute. Um, so, so the story is interesting and I feel like you should have a little bit more compassion for this man because I believe this was the, he was, part of a bachelor party and he got drunk and was trying to help out this, this male prostitute and, and stay with him so he could uh, be picked up by, by medical professionals. And he, he wasn't going anywhere because he was particularly drunk and, and um, but trying to help this person out. And so given our, our, (laughs) Okay, Spencer. <laughs> Go ahead. Sure. No. I don't know about that, BJ. <laughs> I mean, that's the story he's telling. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. 
he was intoxicated enough that he couldn't even tell the officers that story at the time. So I don't know how much active will was going into his decision making. I will just say that I've had experiences being around, um, let's say, strippers when I was drunk enough or tired enough that I could not have given a coherent uh, recitation of why I was there and what I was doing there. And yeah, hotel room alone. Feel for him. And the guy's also a prostitute? Uh, th- that that I haven't experienced yet, but. <laughs> yeah, good to confirm. <laughs> I, I feel like there there have been times that that our uh, outings as a group have gotten more or less wild, and so I'm not ruling out something like that happening in our future. I'll divide, divide this up into two categories: moral culpability, sure, maybe there's a d- deeper story there. Political effect on any ability to ever run again, dead. He's done, dead, gone. Maybe not in Florida though, right? No, even in Florida, even in Florida, we have limits. But he was, wasn't he the mayor of Tampa? And weren't we just saying Tampa's the one that didn't close the beaches? We could sit yeah. back in Tampa, can't we? <laughs> Maybe. I feel like he could do okay in like Vegas or some some place like that. You know, yeah, he'd just sit right in there. Yeah. Actually, no, he was he, even better. No, no, he was uh, Tallahassee. He was the capital. Yeah. So I thought it was. Um, but yeah, so very weird story. Um, by the way, Kudos to him for for doing this during a pandemic, right? Uh, like he's coming out during a pandemic because you know, it's basically that's not dropping. social distancing. Uh, well, no, but it's also <laughs> people aren't really reading that news. So, so kudos for him. His timing is impeccable. If you have to have a scandal out, now's the time. Absolutely. When this happened, <laughs> uh, it's been so great. Speaking of local politicians, Lee Burr, what do you think? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, going so down for insider trading, not a very common charge when it comes to senators, given that it's no, a world for yeah, recent so law. What, what Spencer is referencing is uh, our uh, senior senator uh, from the great state of North Carolina uh, dumped stock after he was briefed about how much stock. Yeah, about a, one and half million dollars. Meeting like that. with heavy donors to maybe advise similar things. Um, no, do the same. Recorded doing so. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is that Burr is not running again, so he's not raising money for a re-election. He's he said in 20, uh, 2016 he wasn't going to run again. So, I mean, unless like the Senate makes him, I don't know why he would step down. Uh, because- it's not like he cares about his political capital. Like he's he's done. Like, and, and this is the type of move you do when you're done. <laughs> by the way, when you don't give a shit. Well, the only person that the president pays, pays attention to, Tucker Carlson, called him to step down. So that may help the consideration that Trump is now pushing this. Who knows? I think in, unless he faces criminal charges, I think he's going to stay. That's my that's my read on her. Well, he should be taken around the shed and shot for treason because this is insanity, right? Like, <laughs> this is wow. not reasonable behavior. Like this is, yeah. this is, this is treasonous behavior. Um, and And like he's not the only one. It's sort of a very interesting like who has done what um, and and what and why. And I, I think the funniest to me was, um, was it Feinstein? There was, there's a Democratic senator. Feinstein's that, that, the one Democrat, yeah. That sold at a loss. <laughs> right. Well, sold, sold uh, basically telecommuting software companies at a loss. And it was just like, well, it, it was it was biotech companies, as I recall. Okay. But but her, her explanation is that it, it was in a blind trust, um, and and it's she has no 
no sense of what what is being sold when and why um that's well, that's, that's true then she's that's yeah, true so, it's fine yeah. so that's a reasonable explanation the one the, the crazy one which is not burr's getting the, the brunt of this um mm. but that um the head of new york stock exchange yeah the the georgia oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Senator. Georgia one, yeah yeah she she's she both sold and then purchased um the the zoom technology or whatever uh, yeah she mm-hmm. she sold stocks that are that are obviously going to rise or, or, or bought those rather um like that is insanity um and she's been like double burr numbers too like three and a half million dollars she was transferring about but yes but her husband is like the head of the new york stock exchange so it's not like she would have information from anywhere else <laughs> well, there, can be, there, can, there can be insider training from multiple sources yeah, yeah. she uh, Burr is un- unfortunately getting the brunt of this because the, the story came out first. But if her story came out first, she would absolutely be getting destroyed here because that's in- insanity. I mean, um, it, it is getting a lot of press, and I think it's. I find it very interesting when people in a public face do something that is sort of very easily traceable, and like it's not something that like any of them needed to do. I just think they don't think there's any repercussions to it. And I mean, I think this type of thing goes on all the time, just on a much, you know, less sort of magnified scale where, you know, they get briefed on, oh, we're cutting Defense Department funding. So they sell Lockheed, right? Like stuff like that. Yeah. There's a story on West Wing about that. So still oh, yes. surprising. Yeah. And Leo, Leo almost got in trouble for it. All right, cool. Um, anything else we want to discuss? I think uh, this has been a good lockdown episode. There will be more. I agree. I like doing this. Probably good for us to do it maybe more frequently if everybody's schedule is okay with that because I'm not like getting out and talking to people. We're not shipping liquor for the time being. We're just working off our own stocks. We can make this a weekly routine. I just want peanut butter whiskey. No. (laughs) Spencer, you're going to empty your shelf. I don't know. It will take time. Actually, yeah, I can send you guys that picture now. Great. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Whiskey in the Weekend. This is a coronavirus lockdown episode recorded March 22nd. Thanks, everybody. Lockdown number one.